computer we are recording cool all right everybody welcome to episode number 13 is it 13 i think it's 13 or 12 either one of those uh today i have a, a former teammate i guess still a teammate in some sense sean roberts we used to actually train together uh appreciate having you on dude um sean has like competed all over the place he's a world champion medalist he's a north american champion uh he's won sport jiu-jitsu absolute world champion sport jiu-jitsu middleweight world champion us open san francisco open absolute like just i feel like i could just keep listing all these things and we would be here forever he's a very very good black belt um has his own academy sector jiu-jitsu um dude thank you for coming on i appreciate it thanks man appreciate it yeah um so i, I usually start the podcast off asking people where the journey really started like what got you involved was was jiu-jitsu the very first martial art you got into what was what was the catalyst that got you into this whole thing no so i started i started my martial arts career in karate because i used to go to um a sunday school and they used to do karate like a little bit nice. and then i started formally taking karate and you know one thing led to another i was a little kid and i ended up quitting and later when i was a teenager i wanted to go back into jiu-jitsu and then uh, not into jiu-jitsu sorry into karate how and, old uh, were you when you started karate i had to be like seven. Oh wow okay yeah nice no so then i was like oh, dad i want to go back to karate and then he was like let me show you something you know uh, he's like i want to show you something i didn't want to show you before because for me as a child i was a very aggressive kid and i had a lot of really? issues going on actually Dude, you're um, such a calm guy. I can't even imagine that. No, I used to go to, I used to be in special ed classes and I used to go to like a private school for kids with like ADHD and autism. Like wow. there used to be a, there used to be a room where you could, they would throw the kids in there and like yeah. lock them in the room in a padded, like a padded room. Whoa. And then you can't get, you can't get out. I got thrown in the, those rooms. So like I've, <laughs> oh, man. I've, I've, I've had some issues, you know? So I, I, I couldn't be trusted with jujitsu. That was, that's, that's basically <laughs> the thing, right? So he's like, I don't want you to do this on the kids at the school ground. So I'm going to show you now because I feel like you're ready. And I was nice. 15. So he just showed me like UFC one. And this is going to show how old my, how long I've been doing jujitsu. I downloaded uh, some instructionals off LimeWire. Nice. Yeah. Throw that. So, Holy crap. That's uh, when LimeWire was a thing. Yeah. Amazing. So that was the very first time that you, that, that was like when you started, how old were you? It was that in high school. Uh, I was 15. Before oh, that, right. I, I thought jujitsu, I, I knew of jujitsu, like, but I thought it was like, watch out. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody does. Wow. So then uh, where did you start it? I forget. Like, did you actually start in Southern California? Yeah. So I started in Southern California at Hoff Gracie, Orange County, actually, nice. under Brad Jackson. And um, then, do you know Eduardo Fraga from? Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. He was then my teacher in uh, in Southern California. Oh, he was down there first. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, he gave him a blue belt. Oh, so, nice. Oh, cool. So then he ended up having to leave, you know. Um, and then I had some other instructors. Then one thing led to another, and I just decided, look, I'm not going to college. I'm just going to go to San Francisco and and just train at the source of Hop Crazy Wow! 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 What was that decision like to make for you? Like, was it, you said you didn't go to college. Like, was it an easy decision at the time or was it something you had to kind of think about well, for a while? It was easy because college, college is not for everybody. Right. I agree. Not for me. Yeah. Uh, 
I knew what I wanted to do early on in life and it's never changed. Wow. So how long like, had you been training before you went up there? So I moved up there in 2010. So four or five years. Okay. Wow. Dude, and that was, that was enough time for me. Like, I remember when I first did jujitsu, I think after about three years, I was like, yeah, I'll probably do this until the day I die. Like, it didn't, it yeah. didn't, I don't even know if it took three years. It took like no time at all for me to hit that, that point. Yeah. For me, it was instant. Nice. Um, so then what, what ended up happening when you went to, to, um, cause you, you ended up training at Berkeley then, right? No, I started training at half crazy Dublin. Oh, in Dublin. Yeah. So I've been to all the Hop Gracie gyms except for um, Mountain View. I've, I visited uh, there, okay. but that's it. Okay. okay, Amateur, okay. So. Yeah. So I started at Dublin and then I got my brown belt in Dublin. So like after like five years of training or five years of training, I think I got my brown belt there. Oh, wow. And then I moved to San Francisco. You know, I yeah. started to live actually in San Francisco on um, in the Tenderloin. Yes. <laughs> So I just walked to jiu-jitsu every day. And then after that, I went to Berkeley and then I went back down. Oh, okay, cool. How, how, long, how long were you in the Bay Area in total then? Like in, yeah. Four or five years, I think. Oh, crazy. What, what was the, how, how was like your competition training at that point? Like, were you competing really actively at that time? Like, what was the goal? What were you trying to do? What was like the, um, the main push there? I was trying to get credentials. Uh, enough credentials to be a teacher no oh, nice. oh so you actually set out like you just knew you wanted to actually like to teach by by the time i was a purple belt, i i already had an academy out of the purple belt. oh i left it oh dang and then we had um do you remember greg rivera no i don't that was so familiar we had two uh two black belts running that school while i was there while i was in san francisco uh, interesting Oh, so you left it, and then was the idea that you would come back at some point? Like you, that was the plan yeah, from the, the very plan. start. That was oh, the whole plan. Wow. wow, 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 wow! How did you even formulate that kind of thought? I feel like at that age, I, don't, I had no idea what I was going to do. Uh, let alone have a strategy around like creating a career for this martial art yeah. that I'm getting into. Well, what happened was um, when I started in Halfway in Orange County, um, my parents actually helped me out in the very beginning. You know because the school was going to go under. So then my parents took it over and okay. then, and then just like, okay, you do what you're going to do. You know, my mom would always help like run it and stuff, but then it started just yeah, growing yeah. and growing and growing. And I never really needed their help anymore. Oh, crazy. So everything was able to run itself. And then I just, that was why I went down there. I was like, eh, I'm just going to go down and train. Oh, crazy. Oh, so they were super supportive from the very beginning then it sounds like. Yeah. But it started, the gym started as like um <clears throat> the mat space was like super small less than a thousand square feet really wow is um 16 people the mats are packed 16 people is over wow 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 so what what was the experience like actually coming up to sf up coming up to the bay area really in general like what were what were some highlights or some of the things that you you took away from that experience um Man, I, I made a lot of good friends. I, I got to train with a lot of good people. Um, it was just a continuation of, uh, of my training. So I miss San Francisco a lot, but I always knew my, my place was was down here. Nice. So I, was, I wasn't I was eager to leave at all. 
but I was eager to actually like get started on what I wanted to do. Oh, nice. And then what, how, what about when you actually ended up going back? Was it a smooth transition to like getting a place up and running? Cause now it looks like, like, I feel like you kind of like really established yourself as like a, a, an instructor down there. What, yeah. what was the process like? Cause I can't imagine it was, it was super clean. Right. Yeah. So, so I went back, I immediately started, um, teaching, but I was a competitor. So I always got treat as a teacher, when you, when a teacher teaches a competitor, their job is to make them as uncomfortable as possible. Mm, right, 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 right. Okay? But if you're teaching just a, just a person that like the 99% or 95% of people that just want to go there and train, you know, cause a lot of people just go there and train and then they're not really interested in tournaments. They just want to do jujitsu. That's like most people, Yeah. you know, you, you got to make them as comfortable as possible. So it was a little bit harder because I taught how I taught the class, how I was taught. Right, 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 right. And especially so, you have Half, who's like telling you how to do things and you're also competing. So you're taking it really seriously and then trying to like numb that to be like, okay, well, how do I teach the person who's coming in here just to enjoy, like they're coming yeah. here on a lunch break between work and they just want to go back home, back to work, right? Yeah, but you got it right the first time. They just wanted to go home after, not just to work. <laughs> right. But like it was... I had to figure out that happy medium of like, okay, I can't like kill these people. Right. Cause that's how I was taught. Yeah. 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 So I finally, I got my, I got my groove after a few, couple of years. Yeah. It actually took one comment. One time this guy was like, man, if I wanted to do this. I would just do CrossFit and instead of jujitsu. I was like, dang, okay. Whoa. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> a lot of sense. They could do CrossFit and get the same amount of exercise. Was it what was it that that made him say that? Was it the the warm up? Like, were you still instilling the kind of warm up that was happening? It was like the same type of warm up. Yeah, it was it was a lot of warm up because Eduardo Fraga used to have yeah. brutal warm ups. Yeah. More than cur like more than Kurtz. Really? Yes. Man, that's like, hard to believe. We would go running outside. Oh We'd man, just be running outside. So. Uh, so you you probably tried to tell everybody to do that same type of thing, and you're like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. So it took me a while, but then I started finding finding my groove, and then I started teaching kids, and everything started to fall into place more and more. It does make me wonder why, like, why 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 is it that like Half Gracie schools or academies are able to get away with that, but then I feel like it's hard to introduce people in, into that type of warm up, even though it's kind of a workout more than a warm up. But I yeah, just, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know why it's not translating or scaling make, right now. They, they make it work just fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's nice. It's because Papa Frank, Papa Frank really helped a lot, man. Yeah. You know, Papa Frank is so nice, but he does such hard work but he's so nice. Yeah, so yeah. So his, his niceness yeah. really helps keep the people there, too. And then Kurt himself was very good at keeping right. people there because everyone loves Kurt. Yeah, so easy to love both those guys, honestly. Yeah. I remember when I would do the warm up the very first time I would do it and I was feeling like like awful. It's like I'm feeling like like horrible and then Papa Frank would jump in front of me and like do the burpees with me or do the sprawls with me. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm a little pumped up now. Let's just keep this going. And I guess not everybody has that same level of energy that he does or even that yeah. I can bring to an academy too. Yeah, so I've I've changed my my anytime I put them through cardio, it's it's jujitsu drills. Drugs. Oh, cool. Cool. So how, how do you like, how are you structuring your, your instructions now? Like, how do you, how do you, like, what, what's your system looking like 
as you're okay, teaching so, people. So, so like if, if you're like one of my students, like what would yeah. you expect? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Students, you'd expect like, honestly, like five minute, 10 minute warm up, not even that. Nice. So then we would get straight into either drills or we're getting straight into a technique. Nice. And then I've kept uh, six six minute rounds for sparring at least. <laughs> nice. Kept some of the tradition. Nice. You know, so we spend a lot of time on the technique and the drills and, you know, and then we have the, have our sparring. Oh, nice. How, how are you uh, structuring like what you teach? Like, how are you deciding how that all unravels? Is it is it all your game? Do you teach people like what you know? Is it is it trying to go beyond that? How exactly do you figure out what you're going to teach week to week? Um, so, I'll, so like right now we're on Omoplatas. So nice. we're on Omoplatas and we're going to be on it for a week. And then we were very repetitive. So I'm very repetitive with, mm -hmm. with a lot of stuff. And then as they progress, I start pulling them aside a little bit more and starting to work more intricate things. Mm. It is that with like individual people. So like if you have students, you notice. In like small groups, like, okay, this person's brown belt, this person's brown belt, this person's a competitor, this person's a competitor. Okay, come here, we're gonna go over like this specific scenario. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Interesting. So then um, what, what about from like that group? What about the competitors and stuff? Like how do, how do you, how does the training typically differ uh, between oh, they like... just kill, they just kill each other. <laughs> nice. So the competitors just kill each other, and that's what they're there for. Right, right, right. So it, it split it splits up nicely. Yeah, just, I think flows perfectly. Actually, cool, cool. What what is um just because like like this is something that blows my mind. Like I've seen you compete against like literally the best people in the world, I would say, and like do really really well against a lot of them. What is the, like, do you help people with like competition mindset and getting them ready for tournaments and competing and how to get over that stuff? Like how, what, what is the process for somebody new who's coming in? They're like, they're, it's like a fresh white belt, but they're right away saying like, I want to compete. I want to do this. Like, do you help them with any of that stuff? Of is, course. It, is there any of that I stuff that you kind of do? Well, I get nervous every time. So oh, I you, oh, you like, do get nervous. Yeah. yeah so I just, yeah. Like really nervous. Like I, I feel very comfortable. Um, so I just tell them how I feel all the time and they're kind of blown away by that. Like how I feel, I still feel uncomfortable, you know, I still get the fear dumps. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Like up, up weight a little bit, just like instill a little know, bit of that fear it'll all be gone. The, the, the first tournament, I always tell them just go out there, kind of feel, feel, feel it out, feel out the tournament. Don't expect to win the first tournament, just go out yeah. there and see what, what it's about. And then the second one will really start going for it. Right. What, what is your like typical, like how, how do you handle the whole spectrum of feelings? Cause I haven't, I feel like, uh, especially when I haven't competed for a while, I start to get really nervous as well. Um, you gotta, gotta, gotta go through it, man. Yeah. Just gotta, do you no, have no secret. Do you don't have any rituals, any sort of things you try to do beforehand, any like things you have to eat right beforehand? Um, is there, is there any sort of strategy like that for you? So one thing I do, um, I, I actually exercise until I hit that uh, adrenaline dump before my matches, because oh, I believe really? that if you exercise and hit that adrenaline dump while you're, because you've hit an adrenaline dump in, in a tournament, right? Of course. Yeah. Okay. And there's no stopping. There's no yeah. stopping. So yeah. if you can hit that adrenaline dump in your warm up, which is actually really uncomfortable. Is it uncomfortable mm. for me to warm up before a tournament? Because I feel like I feel very lethargic because I'm, yeah. so, I'm so anxious. Yeah. And then yeah. on top of that, I don't want to get too tired. When right. you have to work out the point where you're just like you're uncomfortable 
because that you don't want to get that uncomfortable feeling when you're in a tournament. So I just right, get it out while, right. I'm, while, I'm, while I'm doing my warm up. What, what kind of warm ups are you doing? Because I find that like there, there have been a couple cases for me when competing where I was able to warm up really, really well, but it's because there were mats or there was like a really good area for me to get that warm up in. But otherwise, like it's just like you're in the bullpen and I'm trying to do jumping jacks and get it out of me, but it's just not happening. What, what do you usually do? Burpees. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. The thing is, I don't want to gas out my legs. That's the problem. Right. Yeah. How do you, how do you balance that then? It's always been a struggle for me, dude. Sprints. Oh, wow. Oh, so you're doing sprints and stuff too. But but where would you do that if you were like, let's say like Worlds at the, what is it? Like the Long Beach Pyramid or whatever it's called. So you're in the bullpen for about like 20 minutes, actually. Oh, really? You know? So, because there's yeah, the bullpen right. and then there's yeah. like, the so there's a waiting area, bullpen, tournament. Oh, yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't chill around the waiting area too much. Yeah, you know, I'll just go by and check my name on the board to see where I'm at. Yeah, man. Even as you're saying that, my my nerves are are uh, spiking up. But yeah, yeah, go so ahead. I'll do some sprints, you know, behind the bleachers, then I'll come back and check the board and see where I am. You know, once it starts getting closer, yeah. then I'll just start to relax and do a little bit of jumping jacks because then I, I won't have to do the burpees because I'm already like uh, okay, <laughs> okay. Like, really past that that adrenaline dump. Yeah. And do you find that just having that adrenaline dump at like, does, is that actually happening for you when you warm up? So like the warm up will happen, you're experiencing that same feeling you do in the matches and it doesn't happen again. It doesn't happen in the match so much again. Wow. That's a good tip. I feel like I need to remember this when I start competing again too, because I feel like that's something that I like took, I think I took like a year off of competing or maybe it was like a year and a half and I came back in and I did SF open and just like immediately, it was just the adrenaline dump hit. My legs were shot like a minute in. I'm like, what You're am like, I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My my forearms are are just completely destroyed already. It was it was crazy. You got you got to compete a lot. It's, it's it's like training. You get comfortable with training when you, when you train more. It, it, tournaments a different beast. You gotta yeah. you gotta do tournaments to be comfortable in tournaments. Yeah, it's like, yeah. What what was um. Uh, like what was there a, a specific goal that you set out with tournaments and competing? I feel like you you've done so much and like when it comes to competition, were you ever setting out to like be black belt world champion? Do you still have those aspirations? Do you like what what is the how has that journey kind of changed throughout throughout your career in jujitsu? So for, for me, it was like wherever I was gonna go, I was gonna go. Mm. And then um, there got to be a point where, because my head wasn't in, in, in a different headspace than a lot of competitors. I was mm. doing it for the gym. I was doing it for a living. I wasn't competing. I wasn't competing for a living. I was competing to gain credentials so I could teach for a living. Because that was yeah. my ultimate. I don't want to be living out of a car yeah. and like, doing tournaments all the time and getting just like a cheap medal, you know? <laughs> Yeah, the like the five dollar medal that you could get anywhere. Yeah, you know, so it was all all for that. It was all all for that. So anytime I was out there competing, it was it was for my future and mm. my ability, like my credentials for teaching. Did that ever make it easier to um, to kind of dig deep? Because like again, you face some like pretty tough people. I've seen you in some pretty rough matches too. Yeah. And what like what was it that was it making you push harder and harder through those things? Was it, was it still that same? No, people mindset? are watching. 
yeah people are watching That's people record stuff so it's like i can't stop <laughs> i get it i get it man well you you also kind of mentioned something a little earlier you said that did, did you say that you're diagnosed with adhd yeah so that gives me okay so explaining adhd really quick mm -hmm. so you know how like when you don't like something mm -hmm. you don't want to do it right yeah. so that, that's like me so when but you could do something and you don't want to do it if you have to right 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 for people with adhd there's two scenarios which will make them do something they don't want to do either one they have a gun to their head or yeah. two it's it's an emergency and maybe the due date is like tomorrow yeah like, yeah you have no choice yeah so for me that, that that's me and mm. i have trouble paying attention so i can't filter out certain sounds so mm. for example if i'm trying to focus on something and you're chewing and you're chewing chewing, chewing I, want, I just want to punch the person in the face like really? i can't filter out that sound and it enrages me it, it, so, so I, I have, I still have some things I need to work on because of that. And but, is that something you're still, still kind of uh, yes. experiencing? Oh, wow. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. But there's another side of ADHD that people don't understand as well. Um, Cause people like ADHD is a lie. My kid could play video games for 12 hours without stopping. That proves he could pay attention. No, mm. we also, people with ADHD also have the ability to hyper-focus and yeah. obsess to like, a weird obsession it, it, it's weird it is that so what like, jiu-jitsu is for you right now yeah, yes uh, interesting sorry what were you, you were gonna say i think it interrupted you so so like for example i started getting into video games i couldn't stop i became like one of the best mortal Kombat players like i got 64th in the world championships oh like, my god so out of like there's millions of players millions who, of players I got who, who is your main who is the person you'd always play with or did you have a specific Ermac. Ermac. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay. Holy crap. Sector. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. So I just so, felt like that was a good name. I don't know. So I was able to focus beyond like what, what's normal. Interesting. So is that is that still like do you is that still how you're like encountering jujitsu you said you're like you're you're using that to kind of advance yourself as well like is it just because you're interested in it like because you actually enjoy it is I that enjoy, why you're able to focus on it? i enjoy teaching people mm. i enjoy teaching kids i enjoy teaching adults uh because eventually i'm gonna have to live vicariously through them right 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 and might as well just get it started you mm. know mm. so i i enjoy that to a point where it's an obsession Wow. When, when do you think the obsession actually built up? Like, what was the, like, even honestly, I'm kind of interested to hear, like, what was it with Mortal Kombat that even got you? Like, how, how, how does the obsession form? Because it sounds like it's a different thought process than, than other people might be facing. It's so, it's so technical and, mm. and it's a different match all the time. There's a lot of, you have to work with spacing, you have to work with different techniques. It's, it's somewhat like jujitsu in, in a way, mm. you know? More, Mortal Kombat is? Except reaction time means a lot in, in Mortal Kombat. Oh, okay. Well, like I mean, something. you have to do something. You have to counters. You have to do right. counters. You have to attack. You have to pressure. You have to be uh, be able to defend well. You know, you have to do a lot of different things. Right, right, right. You're so, talking about Mortal Kombat, just so I'm clear, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs>
So wow. I just stopped, I just stopped playing. It was too much. I stopped playing. Nice. Well, when did you stop playing? I stopped playing like uh, 2017 professionally. Oh my god! Oh, so it wasn't even that long ago. No. Oh, so when you were in the Bay Area, were you still playing? No. Oh. Oh. What What happened was I went through a tough time in my in my life. Um, yeah. Well, people already know this. I went through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And then jujitsu and jujitsu. Um, video games is something I really enjoy, but it's unhealthy. Sure. So I kind of got stuck on that. I see. I see. Because of that, and then everything started turning around. I was like, okay, screw this. I'm done. I see. Were you training jujitsu at the time too, or teaching? That was the time I almost quit jujitsu. Wow! 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 What What was the What was it that was kind of pushing you away from it? And I ask also just because. Dude, I think I had this thing maybe like a year, two, two years ago, where I was like, I think I'm done with the jiu-jitsu. Like it's- I was sick of it. Yeah. I was just sick yeah. of it. I, I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to teach. I didn't even know what I wanted to do anymore. I just knew I didn't want to do, do jiu-jitsu. Mm. And I would come home like crying to like, I'd talk, talk to my parents, I'd cry. Like, I, I don't want to do jiu-jitsu anymore. Mm. You know, but you have to, I don't know, I just push through and it, now I'm back. And do you feel the same level of high as you were feeling from it before, like enjoying it just as much? Or do you enjoy teaching more than you actually enjoy training? I enjoy teaching more than I do training. Really? I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy training a lot. So um, yeah. the thing is, it's not like I was a blue, I'm a, like when I was a blue belt, jiu-jitsu was so new to me. It was so exciting. Yeah. So you get um, diminishing returns as you start to progress. You yeah. start to hit more plateaus, more plateaus, more plateaus. Yeah, you know, yeah. so suddenly you'll find yourself on a plateau all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it kind of gets discouraging. So I think that's why people get like bored of it sometimes. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm done just being stuck in a plateau. Yeah, I can relate to that, man, because I feel like um, for a while it was even just feeling like, yeah, I can learn different moves and I can kind of do whatever, but it's like I'm competing against the same people. I'm training with the same people not that like i enjoy I actually enjoy the training because i like talking with people and hanging out with people and whatnot but like there's something that does get so repetitive about it because you're like i've been like now i think i've done jujitsu for 10 years so i don't think it's as long as you but like 10 years is a long time to do like anything like it's an insanely long time so you're brown belt or black belt brown, brown belt brown belt okay so yeah. so brown belt you have the unique ability to be able to um, try new things with jiu-jitsu. You could take yeah. a white belt or a blue belt or some purple belts and mm-hmm. try a different type of game. Yep. You know, because anytime you mess up, you, you have the ability to restart. Right. You know, white belts they just get they just kind of get smashed. They they have to yeah. play their A game the whole time. Yeah. So they try yeah. something new, they pass and side control for the whole round. Yeah. So for you, it's different. You could actually try new things. Mm-hmm. because you have the privilege because all the training you have the privilege to reset and do your do your techniques over again right. like try it again try it again you know that's how you become really well-rounded mm-hmm. and actually helps you become a better teacher because you're more well-rounded mm-hmm. and you want to get to the point where you're, where you're actually like i don't even know what to work on anymore right 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 because right I, now I, you probably have a position where yeah. you know you're weak right or you, right. Or you have a passing of like I'm not very good at double underpassing. I'm not very good at Jelly guard. I'm not very good at Spider Guard. I'm not very good at uh, over underpassing. I'm not very good at Toriano passing. Yeah, yeah. One of those there. Yeah. That you need to work. I know for sure. Like uh, the first thing that came to mind is my butterfly guard. I know for sure it sucks. Especially for Nogi. Like, I know. You should be trying that Nogi all the time. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been trying to I, when I when I was training, I was I was trying to just like put it in more and more, put more and more time into it. But man, it, it takes some work for sure. But I feel like that that was actually what helped me kind of just remember that like, okay, it's not because you, you know the cycle that I got caught in was. I was just thinking about competition all the time. I wasn't thinking about like just trying to advance my jujitsu. So I'd always just think like when I would train, I'm like, did I get a sweep? Did I get a, a pass? Did I get a whatever? And that's all I would care about versus like, let me try to actually expand the art, like the, my like vocabulary of, of moves that I have. Right. And once I started doing that and realizing that there's more things I could play with, then I was like, oh man, this is fun again. Like, let's go. Yeah, you you finally learned to leave your ego at the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It took ten years. <laughs> After ten years, people think they have, but they haven't. Yeah, no, no. That was the moment where I was like, "Wow, okay, yeah. jiu-jitsu's fine." Yeah. When you're not worried about getting tapped by lower people when you're not worried about all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just want to learn. I just want to learn new moves. I just want to like want to experiment with things. I want to like learn what the latest stuff is that's coming down with all the leg locks coming out because i still i'm still not the greatest at them yeah. but yeah it's it's once, tough it's a once journey. you stop taking because i feel like a lot of people when you when you when someone does something well against another person so say like a lower belt starts to do well against the upper belt the upper belt it's hard not to take it personal sometimes yeah yeah you know you may say that you're not taking it personal but sometimes you just take it personal and you keep that suppressed yeah once you're able to buy that that's when you start to really progress because you're going to be relying on your a game the whole time if yeah. you have any sort yeah. of ego yeah yeah Mo moving away from my a game was probably like it was it was a really hard thing to do especially purple belt i remember like early early purple belt late blue belt it was like I knew that I had a pretty okay spider guard and I could work from there. I had like really good attack setup. But if somebody put me in a different position, man, or or you know another thing effect is like I wasn't I wasn't calm enough for like side control or getting mounted because I just wouldn't let people do it in training for so long. Yeah. And then now it's like, you know what, like do this so I can escape it immediately. I sometimes want people to start from that position, dude. Yeah, you just take one of the lower belts, take them under your wing, and then you can mess around and do your yeah. thing yeah help and they'll them. learn and help, yeah help you yeah 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 it's cool it's it's crazy to me that you uh were able to like harness the energy of like so you have adhd you were able to use that to actually get like really 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 good at jujitsu how how is it um do you feel like you kind of use the same thing to be able to get good at teaching as well well i'm obsessed That's so awesome. i have to be you know so i'm always looking around always like trying to figure out how to be a better teacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. The most important thing for me in the gym is the vibe. The vibe is mm. the is the number one thing that I think people need. When you have yeah. your own gym, the vibe is the most important. No clicks, you can't be clicky. Yeah. You can't be, uh, you know, you have to treat everyone the same, no matter what belt. The only rules that we have for upper belts is when you're sparring, you move away from them. That's it. <laughs> I love that. So you could call them out to roll. You yeah. Could, you could do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause some, some, account, I don't, Half Half's never did this, but like, yeah. I, never, yeah. Always been like, I always thought that was a little weird when people would be like, yeah, you can't ask the older, the higher belts to roll. It's like, but like, why are they scared or something? <laughs> <laughs> scared of the guns, bro? Like, what's up? <laughs> That's fine. So, um, 
yeah well, what is it you do to actually like help form because it sounds like you want you want the vibes to be like really good you want everybody to feel good when they're there what is it that you're doing to help help kind of like make that happen because i feel like people think it's i mean maybe you'll have a different, a different answer but like i feel like there's some effort that's required to make sure that it happens because there could be bad apples that come through right yeah you have to get rid of them fair enough you have to one one drop of food coloring messes up clean water yeah like, that's true how, how have you typically handled that in the past? Wait for them to do something messed up and then just kick them out. <laughs> Is that straightforward? Or, yeah. Or like sometimes I've told people, like, I don't think you're going to fit in here. And then hmm. I just send them to like my competitor school or something. Oh, really? Oh, so you yeah. have no problem just getting them out of there. It's never gotten really crazy where somebody's like really resistant to the idea that no it's all been pretty cool it's hard to fit in when you're a dick yeah 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 yeah. people people, you'll like detract people there yeah so then they'll feel like they don't fit in you know imagine like no one likes you it's like oh fuck this place yeah i do i'd want to get out of there dude i get it um just in terms of like highlights like what do you think was like the coolest moment of your it's so, so crazy to hear that your favorite thing about this is teaching because i think of you as such a competitor like when i was at house i'm like oh this guy competes all the time he he like helps everybody he's so good but like uh the thing that i came into this with is like just thinking about all the times i remember watching you compete do you have uh specific memories that kind of like really stand out for you when it comes to competition of uh, the kumite was one of them that was cool sure. that was crazy how did um, how did that even start how did you get invited to that i was asked like just I was like, hey up. man I, I could i could i could i could take these guys i could go and then they then they said okay and then i went down there wow what, what was your favorite part about the experience uh beauty of the people uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> Because like you, you're there with like some pretty big names too, right? Like, yeah, it was very good because submission only. You know how a help is like. We don't really count points in the gym, right? Right. Helps. We never really did that, you know. So it was perfect, you know. Submission only. My my defense was very good for my previous instructor. Like he yeah. is very picky on my defense. Yeah. So I was able to like rope dope people too in a way. Right, right, right. Yeah, because you had all the time that you needed, right? Yeah. I don't think they didn't air the full matches though, did they? I don't no, think they did. Just got in trouble, you know that whole debacle. Uh, and yeah, never really finished out playing the full matches, but mm. it, it was crazy because it was, it was a big thing, and that was like I I know I I needed that moment to actually start to shine and people to start to know me even more. Mm. Yeah, because I remember after that moment, it was like I think I had trained with you right before, and then I remember I went back because I went back to Canada. I'm originally from the, the Toronto area. And I remember I like went back for a little bit and then that popped up and they're like, oh my God, do you train with Sean Roberts? I'm like, yeah, like I did a little bit. And then I, sure enough, I eventually found out that the Kumite was happening. I was like, oh, this is crazy. It's like insane coverage for you at the time. Yeah, well, it was crazy because Keenan was the main focus. So oh, it was all yeah. about beating him. Yeah. All about beating him. But did it, did it seem like, level. yeah, fair enough. Did, did you feel like he was like above, like how, what were your thoughts on so after rolling with him, I knew that no one was going to beat him. Really? 
Yeah, he was like, he, he was a black belt. Like he was a good black belt. Mm. So, and, so were you? Were you guys actually train? I forget. Were you guys training before the actual competition happened too? A little bit, mo- mostly specific training. Okay. Okay. But was it friendly? Like, what? What were? What was the vibe in that place? Um. Well, what happened was we all slept in it's like a basement thing where okay. everyone slept like beds and stuff and i was like i'm sleeping in the garage so <laughs> i slept in the garage you yeah. know no one else was yeah. was there so like i wasn't around everybody all the time i see so you wanted so, to keep your distance from them too yeah then uh then they figured then one of the guys figured out how nice it was in the garage and he moved in yeah damn it that's the i know so th- was that was that pretty much just a showcase for Keenan at the time? Was that this, yes. this what it was, yeah. right? Yeah, nobody was gonna beat him. Wow. But it's crazy because like I still I feel like I still look at everybody. It's hard to remember all the names out of that, but like there were some pretty big names that were that were in there. It's hard to imagine that people knew Gary Tonin. Yeah, AJ oh, Gary Tonin. Gary Tonin there was, was there too. Victor Silverow. There was a a bunch of other people. Gary Tonin couldn't beat Keenan back then. Nope. And, and they did no. You guys did no gi too. It was gi and no yeah, like, gi, right? That was right before uh, Gary Tonin actually started get, getting good with leg locks. Oh. oh Gary Tonin wasn't like super versed in leg locks at the time. He was just tough. I see. He was just like a good competitor at the time. Yeah. Oh wow. That was before the heel hook meta. Yeah, yeah. Where everybody's. Just doing yeah. heel hooks, yeah. Wow. What was um, what was your biggest takeaway from the experience? Hmm. Nobody thought about that. Because hmm. I mean, it was, it was cool. It's like you got like huge coverage. So many people watched yeah. it. It was like I just kind of did it, you know. Hmm. And then on to the next tournament. Yeah. Dude, you're a headstrong dude. I feel like it's like one thing after the other. Like no, not not even like sitting on it and be like that was really cool. Like, I feel like there are some people who would sit down and be like, you know, that was really cool. Let's try to push my brand even harder. Let's like, whatever. But I feel like you're just thinking about competing and wanting to just start your school. So yeah, because as a blue belt, well, a white belt, I didn't know I didn't know. I actually got started in tournaments as a white belt. So as a white belt, I did like 16 tournaments already. So I came wow. out. Of the, I, I wow. came out of the gate like a competitor. Wow, wow, wow. So, and then I did somewhere like like 80 or 80 tournaments as Blue Bell. And then I've done like, Man. shit, like over 200 tournaments total for wow. sure. Wow, wow, wow. Were, were you a naturally competitive person growing up too? Um, well, it's funny because I, I used to do wrestling a little bit and I oh. sucked. <laughs> I beat one guy that he was all buff. So I thought I was really good. And he just turned out to suck. like. <laughs> and then I got wrecked like seven matches in a row. And then I kind of just quit wrestling. Ah, damn. But was that it? Was that it in terms of uh, any sort of sports that you played? You play anything else? I played basketball. I was good. I got, I played like, I was able to play like halftime show at Clippers games and stuff. Oh, wait. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. I was I was pretty good at basketball. How did that happen? How did that unravel? I just played basketball. Like, <laughs> it was just 
<laughs> Dude, it just sounds like you have a superpower with you're like able to just like grab onto some sort of thing. You're like, okay, this is the thing I'm gonna do nonstop. Become 64. Was it 64th in the world in Mortal Kombat? Yeah, yeah. Become like then, amazing in jujitsu, really good at basketball. Does that to be then then like but the thing is, like, I wasn't like super crazy at basketball. I was good, but not like super crazy. Like my go- my dream was being like the Lakers. And then I wasn't tall enough, and then just you know. Yeah, eventually. Reality hit. Yeah. Reality yeah. hit, and then I was like, I don't know what to do. And that's right after basketball is when I started jujitsu. Oh, crazy, crazy. So then, what what are your like current goals now? Like, it sounds like you're you you set out to become a teacher. You went out and competed. You did the whole thing. Like, what is it you're trying to do? at the moment is there is there a goal you're working towards is there something you're thinking about do you want to have a stable of competitors that you have do you just want to continue to spread jiu-jitsu where you at i want to have i want to have the nicest gym in the world nice what what would that what would that mean to you what would that look like and and then i want to have like my my own team and like spread out have my own brand and stuff and you know, I, my, my thing would be just the vibe of the gym is what I rely on. Yeah. 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 That's awesome, man. So then, uh, is that, is it just a matter of like one day at a time then? Like let's. I just keep teaching. Um, we just moved to a new place. So the place is 10,000 square feet and has 5,000 square feet of mat as arcade upstairs for the kids as uh, showers. So like the parents could leave their kids upstairs while the parents are training instead of the kids oh. running around. The kids always run around. Yeah, they do always run around. And they're like, shut up, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to give them a cool arcade area for themselves so they leave us alone. Oh. So parents could just leave their kids there and then come yeah. back at night and pick them up. I wouldn't even know. Like they could be there all day and I wouldn't even know. Wow, wow. How long have you had that implemented? That sounds like a great idea. Cause you're right. Like every time I remember, even when I would train with my brother back in the day, it was like his kids would just run around all over the place. And it was like, okay, hold on. Like get over there stay there. Don't move. Like I get pissed, you know, like, cause I'm teaching yeah. every day. Kids are like running around by the mat, you know, screaming, playing tag. They have nothing to do. They're sitting on the couch. Like kids, I have a foosball table up there. The couches, uh, uh, arcade system, you know, sleep like sleeping bag and stuff. They just like chill out up there, That's and then wild. leave us alone. That's great. That's great. How long have you had this this new place? Um, Since the beginning of the year. Oh, cool. Okay, so it's been really. really I bought the lease. I got the lease in March. It just took forever because of COVID to actually open it up. Oh, okay. And finally crazy. opened up. Crazy. It's been crazy. Yeah. That's no, good, dude. I'm happy for you. It's it's great to hear that things are kind of working out for you. You, I, I did not know that from the very beginning. You set out to just become an an instructor when you when you moved up to the bay. Yeah, that was the whole plan. That was the whole awesome. plan. Go there, get get my black belt, come back. Yeah, dude, just setting goals and just accomplishing. That's dope. Can't ask for much more. All right, man. Um, we're hitting the the top of the hour. Um, so if you wanna if you wanna do any uh, uh shout outs. Any anybody want to mention at the end here? Oh yeah. Um, 
or just say hi, say, say hi to everybody. You to check, you. If you just want to follow like my journey and see what I'm up to. You can always check out like my, uh, my gym's Instagram. It's at sector BJJ. So it's S E K T O R BJJ on Instagram. And that's pretty much it. Cool. Yeah, man. I'll also link that in the, in the, in the description as well. So people can check it out. Where, where's it located? Just so people can. It's in Chino, California. So it's Southern California about and 45 minutes to an hour east of LA. Cool. Cool. So yeah, if you guys are in the area, make sure to check it out. Sean's an awesome person, great instructor. He's always giving me tips even after tournaments and stuff and always appreciate it. It really helped. But all right, man, I really appreciate the time uh, taken here with uh, with me to to just chat for a little bit. It's nice to catch up with you. We'll uh, you too, man. hopefully talk sometime soon. I hope to train with you again sometime soon too. Exactly. I want you to eat. come down. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. So, okay, cool. That, that's it, guys. Dude, I'd love to. I'd love to. Uh, that's it, guys. Episode 13 or 12. I can't remember which one it was, but either one of them.